The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. The State Water Control Board held two in-person public comment hearings on a key Mountain Valley pipeline permit this week, but an open letter to state officials called for an additional virtual hearing. Patrick Larson reports. The Protect Our Water Heritage Rights Coalition, or POWER, was behind last week's letter sent to Governor Ralph Northam and the Department of Environmental Quality. Coordinator Grace Tuttle says POWER polled member organizations and activists likely to speak to the board. We found in the results of our our survey that many of those people were hesitant to attend due to COVID-19 risk. The letter cites four ICUs in counties that the pipeline passes through at 97% capacity or higher. The coalition has not received a response. DEQ representatives told VPM that the agency is following state law and is not required to offer a virtual hearing. Written comments can be submitted online through October 27th. Patrick Larson, VPM News. The property owners who sued to stop Governor Ralph Northam from taking down Richmond's statue of Robert E. Lee are back. This time, they're asking the Virginia Supreme Court to reconsider its unanimous decision to permit the monument's removal. The Richmond Times-Dispatch reports the group argues justices made several errors in their decision and claims the state does not own or control the monument. The 12-ton statue was removed earlier this month and stored in an undisclosed location. Virginia Commonwealth University's School of the Arts will celebrate the life of former Dean Murray N. DePillers today through the official unveiling of a building named after him. DePillers served as the first African-American dean of the VCU Art School from 1976 to 1995. He heavily contributed to the black art movement. Organizers say the building was officially renamed in September of last year, but due to the pandemic, the university was not able to hold a ceremony until now. The commemoration will be held today from 5 to 6.30 p.m. DePillar's artwork will also be on display in an exhibit. Chesterfield County Schools are holding a bus driver job fair today. Like other districts in the region, Chesterfield has stepped up efforts to recruit during a national bus driver shortage by raising pay and adding bonuses. Full or part-time positions are available, with pay starting above $20 an hour. No prior experience is required. The bus driver job fair is at Manchester Middle School from 4 to 8 p.m. Flood insurance is about to get more expensive for some Virginians. Others may actually see cost go down. As Sam Turkin from our partner station WHRV reports, a new pricing system for the National Flood Insurance Program will launch tomorrow. The federal government provides most flood insurance, and it's had this problem. Premiums do not accurately reflect flood risk. So some homes, like those on the water, they pay too little. Other less vulnerable properties, too much. The new pricing system will change that for over 100,000 Virginians. 55% are going to see an increase. 45% are going to see a decrease. Nick Vinzant analyzes insurance for Lending Tree's quote wizard. He says the rates will count for factors like flood elevation, distance to a water body, and home value. Some premiums could skyrocket more than $250 a year. Will flood insurance become so expensive for some homes 
that people can't live in those areas anymore. I think that's realistic. The new pricing system will kick in for any policies purchased after September. Folks already with insurance won't see a change until April next year. That was Sam Turkin reporting. Joining me now is Warren Fisk, our PolitiFact editor. Hi, Warren. Hey, Ben. On Tuesday night, the two major gubernatorial candidates, Democrat Terry McAuliffe and Republican Glenn Youngkin, held their second and final debate. It got raucous at times, and the candidates were far apart on vaccines, education, taxes, and abortion. Warren, you listened again as a fact-checker. How the candidates do this time? Well, there were times when they were pretty accurate, and there were times when I was shaking my head. Uh, I put together a list of mini fact-checks from the debate. You want to go through them? Sure. The first statement is from Youngkin. He says McAuliffe, quote, watered down school standards when he was governor. Youngkin says this a lot, and we've rated it mostly true. Uh, McAuliffe was governor from 2014 to 2018. When he ran, he promised to change Virginia's standards for accrediting public schools. There were a lot of complaints about the system, which accredited schools based almost entirely on the percentage of students who passed standardized tests. In 2017, McCall's hand-picked state school board added measures to the process, such as absenteeism and whether a school's showing improvement on state exams. 88 schools were denied accreditation in 2017, the last year of the old standards. None have been denied accreditation since. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, McAuliffe said Yunkin's budget plan would cut 43,000 teachers. This eye-popping number comes from a recent report by Virginia Excels, a liberal education group. Back in April, Yunkin said he was working on a plan to end the state's income tax. The study assumes that Yunkin would do that, which would be a big deal because the tax provides about 70% of the state's funding to schools, public safety, and health programs. The problem is that Yunkin is no longer calling for the end of the income tax. He settled on a more modest plan to double standard deductions. I haven't seen an estimate of the cost of that plan. I see. Yunkin said more families are leaving Virginia than moving here because our taxes are too high. The IRS tracks the number of households that moved and filed federal tax returns from a different state than the one they lived in the previous year. Uh, Since 2013, Virginia's had about 5,000 fewer filing families a year. Uh, But this isn't all about taxes. Experts say people left in the first part of last decade because of federal policies that forced budget cuts and ended a lot of government-related jobs in Northern Virginia. The exodus in the latter part of the decade was mainly caused by the high cost of living in Northern Virginia. All right, last one. McAuliffe said he, quote, inherited a $2.5 billion deficit from Republicans when he became governor in 2014. McAuliffe's been making this claim for years, and as we've said many times, it's false. Virginia requires a balanced budget, and that's what McAuliffe's predecessor, Republican Bob McDonnell, left behind. Early in McAuliffe's term, state revenues began to fall, first by a little and then by a lot, due to federal spending cuts and changes in the capital gains tax. Eventually, McAuliffe had to patch a $2.4 billion budget shortfall. None of this was McAuliffe's fault, but it happened under his watch as governor, not McDonald's. Thank you, Warren. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. This is VPM News. This newscast was recorded on... Wednesday, September 29th at 6 p.m. 
Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM.